Ghost Adventures is the sole property of the Ghost Adventures crew and Scripps LLC. We're not in any way affiliated with any of them, we just like watching them do their thing. So if you like Ghost Adventures too, support the crew in the Travel Channel. Also, this podcast has profanity in it, so take whatever precautions you feel are necessary. episode of Insanely Haunted, the show where we watch and review every episode of Ghost Adventures. My name is Max. I'm Cassie. And I'm Cameron. Hello. Welcome back, Cameron. Thanks. Here he is again. (laughs) So we made a mistake on the last episode of Insanely Haunted. We did. We thought it was the last episode of season six. DVD. But we we were just wrong. Yep. It just keeps on going. We just had one DVD that we haven't done yet, and Cameron picked this episode because it takes us to jolly old England. (laughs) I just wanted to see what happened when the boys unleashed themselves upon the UK. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we did another UK episode um, this season uh, with the Nelson sisters, the Hellfire Caves. That one's pretty funny and stupid. This one is pretty stupid. (laughs) It opens with Zach and the guys at the Tower of London, and he just says, it's amazing to be at the Tower of London, or something like that. Yeah, like, he implies that you need some kind of a permit to stand outside of the Tower of London We're so lucky to be here at the Tower of London. Zach just always states the obvious when he doesn't need to. I think it's, like, the only (laughs) thing he knows how to do sometimes, is, like, to say what is happening around him. Mm -hmm. Well, like, and whenever they go to England, he's just, like, so amazed at how old it is. There's old stuff and there's new stuff. That's the other thing he's amazed by, is there's new stuff right next to the old stuff. Whoa. (laughs) Yeah, and then, like, they have a shot of, like, some graves just to emphasize. (laughs) Dead people died here, if you didn't know. (laughs) These dead bodies are old. So they're going to do a seance in this episode, that's that becomes immediately very clear. They're uh, going to southeastern England, specifically around Kent. And what's funny to me about this is that they open up with Zach being like London. Obvious like, facts about London. And then they drive an hour south of London. Yeah. <laughs> which if you live in the UK, that's a long drive. Yeah. That's not like... He just wanted to, I don't know, show the Tower of London because it's creepy. And people got executed there. Don't don't forget. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he says that they are there to document the untold stories of Britain's darker side. And yeah. I mean, come I th- on. I think come a, on now. I think a lot of the history is pretty well known. I mean, mo- most every other place outside the UK knows the darker side because yeah. colonialism, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They conquered most of the world. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they brought that history with them. The empire came with uh, some baggage, as it turns out. So we're going to Fort Horsted. <laughs> <laughs> um, I wrote that at the top of my paper. <laughs> Well, it was built originally in the 1800s to protect the coast of England from France and Germany, but most recently it was used during World War II, and that's where it got the most use. While they're driving, driving, while they're walking around down there, at one point a plane flies overhead and Nick just goes, and that's what you would have heard. (laughs) (laughs) Like, it's really insightful. Yeah. Again, they're always stating the obvious. So Nick, Aaron says he feels like he's in a war movie. Nick says it feels like the apocalypse. Yeah, and then at this point, the guys are like playing airplane, like yeah. they're making all these ridiculous shooting sounds, and you, you know, it kind of reminds me of like when you're a small kid and like you're just mm. running around playing airplane or something. Yeah, and yeah. they're being guided by an adult man who is the business manager of Fort Horsted, and he's just sort of letting them do this while he walks ahead of them. He didn't engage with that like at all. <laughs> yeah, I thought he was well. Okay, it's probably like my my preconceptions yeah about like he had the giles accent he had the giles accent if you have the giles accent i'm gonna think that you're like a master's degree he's from south england so he's he sounds very posh and uh (laughs) and so i was like i was like "Uh uh-huh uh-huh like watching him following him hearing him until he mentioned look at the fucking chiron until (laughs) until he mentioned demons and then i was like oh no okay and like he's in this full like three-piece suit and whatnot yeah he looks so 
trustworthy. His credibility oh, yeah. is so huge. Yeah. Uh, what's but his name? His name Paul. was Paul. Right. Yeah, we also- he even has a hyphenated last name. His name is <laughs> yeah. like, like, just like Paul Cotts Hamels or like, something like that. Yeah, it was like Ergo Cotts or something yeah, yeah. like that. <laughs> very stuffy, very British. But don't be fooled. Guy's in business development. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But he... He makes money off of this place. Well, I went to the website, and what's really funny is, I don't know if Paul's still working there, but Fort Horstead's website is, like, very much not super about the hauntings anymore. Oh, really? It's more like, we have event space. Come use it. I wonder if, like, after the Ghost Adventures crew went there, like... Paul get fired? (laughs) (laughs) I hope he's. I, th- I hope he's employed. It's just it would be kind of funny. I mean, you also got to think. You know, in the scope of Ghost Adventures and what it is put on by the Travel Channel, mm-hmm. ultimately their goal is to get people out and to go see to these go places, see, yeah, exactly. right? Yeah. Yeah. So it makes sense that they're advertising it for use and as a venue, right? Because yeah, yeah, yeah. tourism, <laughs> but there, ghosts. There is a section for ghost hunts, but what I love about the website is that it looks like it was designed by a baby boomer, and I hate to say it. <laughs> But like, you know how I mean, when you look at a website and it's yes. like, there's no CSS, there's nothing fancy on this website whatsoever. It looks like it's from 2004. Yeah. yeah That's yeah. the Fort Horsted website. Okay. All right. Well, I guess like if you think about it, the only two major attra- attractions for this place is the history. So, you know, war history, Anglo-Saxon history, and then ghosts, ghosts, ha- Halloween, <laughs> stuff like that. So. That's pretty much... Do you think it was, like, around Halloween when they went because of the stuff that happens um, Mm. later on in this episode? Maybe. I'm thinking it has to be around Halloween. I I don't know. It depends on how touristy that place is that they went later on, but let's not jump the gun here. Sure. I also want to mention at this point that when they were talking about, like, it's like we're in a movie and it's the apocalypse, that... Zach asks Nick for his opinion on the history of this place. Mm -hmm. And then Nick recounts what he knows. And then Paul's like, yeah, that's right. And then Zach's like, good job, Nick. And I'm like, Zach, is it praising someone else other than himself? Oh, I didn't even catch it. Well, he gets really put in his place in this episode, as we'll find out later. (laughs) So there used to be an Anglo-Saxon settlement here, pre-Christian Anglo-Saxon. So we, we determined... They told us at one point it was 1,600 years ago, so it was like 5th century CE. Yeah. It's the mid-400s AD. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so the Ang- so these, the Saxons that lived here, apparently they... It sounds like something really shitty happened here, because they're talking about how it was like special forces... Paul specifically says it's like special forces soldiers versus like a militia mm-hmm. at one point. Mm-hmm. So there were like very heavily armored people killing a lot of very not armed people, which doesn't sound great. And then mm-hmm. Paul- Yeah, that, that's right, because that's like a battle happened. Here and then Paul's like, no, no, no. It was like a slaughter. Yeah. And then Zach, well, okay, he says slaughter, but he but he's English, so he says it slaughter. And then Zach goes, a slaughter happened here. <laughs> In that way, like hitting the teeth. It was so good. I'm really surprised he didn't affect an English accent in this episode. That was the closest he came. Uh, Yeah. I I also want to note at this point that they do like their little reenactment sequence here (laughs) of like the two brothers. Um, I have it written down as like Corsa and I cannot read my... Higgs. 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 Higgsta. Like Higgs, but with with an H. So they've got this reenactment going on. And, like, I don't know enough about, like, LARPing and all that good stuff, but, like, there's no way these costumes are correct. No. You know, like, there's no way. They just put out a call and the LARPing community showed up. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking happened. Yes. And Hingus and Pingus had their battle. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But I am noting this now because it's significant. (laughs) Although, apparently. Of course. A horse for Horstead is named after Horsa, the one dude. And then. And then I looked up on trying to research exactly this point because I wanted to know a little bit more about the area and just like at what point was Britain invaded by like the Romans and then when did Christianity take over simply because of some comments made later in this episode Mm -hmm. but one of the interesting little tidbits I found on the interwebs was apparently Hingsta the other brother is mentioned in Beowulf oh shit damn he got around he's like uh like um Munch on Law and Order you know what I'm talking about? No. Y'all ever watch no. Law and Order? No. There's this guy named Richard Belzer. He plays a character on Law and Order who's been in like 15 different cop shows. But he's like <laughs> the same character who just shows up. He's been on a, a Sesame Street. Oh, that wow. guy. So Sesame Street takes place in the Law and Order universe. Oh, <laughs> and Sesame Street is in New York City. No, so Sesame Street takes place in our universe. They even have a street sign now they put up. Oh, for, shit. Does it's, that mean... it's not like a renamed full street. It's just they added the street sign. You heard it here, folks. Law and Order is real. <laughs> Ice-T is a detective. <laughs> oh, 
Wait, so is it Angus or what? What was? What was the? What? I I have written down Hingsta, H I N G S T E. Okay, maybe maybe are we sure that they're not two separate people? There were two people. Though. No, no, no. But I mean, like no, but Hingus like in, versus in the in the place I looked up on the internet listed the two brothers and then says the other one was in Beowulf. Okay, all right. Well, there you go. So I want to talk about this this demon stuff. There's demon stuff at this place, supposedly. Because of Flint. Yeah, there's a wall. Not, not the, the the town that we're letting have lead water. I mean... The actual um, mineral, or the rock. The rock, the rock. Flint, apparently, and I didn't know this, even though I have a background in geology, which makes me feel really embarrassed, but Flint is basically church's microcrystalline quartz. And you know what that means. That there's quartz in it. There's ghosts? Super ghost energy. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Super ghost energy because quartz, right? That's how yeah. that works. Well, the certain rocks, stone tape, the- quartz tape theory. Basically, the deal is there's one wall that is made of flint, and right. that's weird. And Paul suggests that this flint wall is keeping the demons at bay. Right. They say this because the flint wall was part of what Paul speculates some sort of a manor or a burial ground. Yes. I think and it's then- a burial mound. Yeah, mound. Yeah, burial yeah. mound. Yeah. And the other walls around it that consist of this four, it's almost pentagonish in shape, mm. are made of concrete. Oh, mm-hmm. shit, dude. Pentagons. Also demon. All the demons. All the demons. So much so that they have a demon room of mm-hmm. this fort. Yes. Paul points this out as like the perfect lockdown spot for them. Yeah. Um, and we've also got a guy named Daniel here, and Daniel is a demonologist, which means that he knows what he's talking about, I guess. And he is talking about how the Anglo-Saxons that lived here could have been using the flint in their environment to like lock down demonic energies and that maybe disturbing those is why is why there's so much demon energy in here. And I don't know we, that much about paganism, but or I don't know that much about pagan theology, but or specifically like what these people believed. Right. But, could be anything, right? But like, I mean, flint was a, a, a regularly used piece of material. Right. And it, a lot of legends and mythologies tend to spring up around these things that are of use to us. Yeah. Flint mm-hmm. specifically very useful because it's an easy way to create a fire. Right. If you have flint and you got steel. Also arrowheads. Yeah. Knives. Yeah. yeah. Cuttery. Yeah. yeah. So, yes, it makes sense that people would ascribe a kind of importance to Flint as like, especially in the way of like, this is what separates us. This is what makes us humans Ah, separate from the animals. But we must not forget that literally every episode of Ghost Adventures, everyone that is interviewed, including the Ghost Adventures crew, looks through every religion, world religion through a Christianity lens. Yeah, like as if it is baby Christianity or bad anti-Christianity. Well, like in in the Christian version or the Christian view of any religion that's not Christianity is you're a pagan and automatically associated with the devil. And that's very like narrow tunnel visioned uh, thinking. And it's not like actually stepping outside of Christianity and seeing and learning about religions, other religions for what they are. I want to talk about the children. This was so good. There's children here. High kid energy. High kids. There's a lot of children here is what they tell us um, for whatever fucking reason. Yeah, Paul mentions it at this point. And then Zach, of course, has to chime in with a brilliant quote. Do you do you want me to say it? Or? Sure. All right. So Zach chimes in. Oh, yeah, we've seen this plenty of times before in our investigations. It is well known that demons will portray children to lure us in. Yeah, yeah, like he's a victim. Um, (laughs) This whole time, I don't know if you guys noticed, but he was holding this very long metallic flashlight and using it as he was talking to emphasize his words and like pointing at, was it Paul that he was talking to? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And Paul also had this very large flashlight. I don't know if it was the same one Mm -hmm. that Zach had or not, but he had like this, it was massive. It was like on his hip Mm -hmm. and I've never seen a flashlight this big in my life. It Mm -hmm. was I, I don't know how to describe this dimension. Like, it's about as big as a sheet of paper, maybe. Wow. <laughs> it was a big flashlight. It, it was absurd. Paul gets really uncomfortable, I guess, talking about demons and children. And Zach interprets this as like, oh, he's got ghost stories that he doesn't think, want to tell. I don't uh-huh. think he was uncomfortable. Uh, he he's just making a sale. He's making a pitch. Yeah. He was being overdramatic, melodramatic, 
to create a storyline. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I, and I'm not, I'm not trying to like gaslight him or anything. It was very clear. No, that but well, you can build a compelling case here, especially because I think Zach and Paul might have been in on it together. Well, because yeah. At one point, Zach is like, "I pulled Paul away so that we could have a conversation away from the cameras," but and the it's cameras literally <laughs> like, and all Aaron's means, like ten feet back. Yeah. All that means is they're just further away from the cameras that are still pointing at them. Yeah. No, it was like it's like kind of similar to being passive aggressive when you're angry, like which you shouldn't do. Someone's like, is something wrong? And and, and you reply, no, no, I'm all right. Like that was the feel that, that I got Paul, from yeah. Paul. But in, in, in this case, it was like, are you OK, Paul? And he's like. Or what did he say? I don't remember the situation. You got it. You got it close enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Zach did, like, leading up to this, have a pretty good quote. They were all joking about the children and stuff before that. And then th- this was the point where Paul started to indicate that he was maybe a little bit uncomfortable. Zach says, you know, we laugh, but this is very serious. And then he goes on to this whole spiel about how people are victims of ghosts and whatnot. Mm. <laughs> This is where I have, they start going down the big stairs. Yeah, and then Zach makes a big deal about his respirator. Yes, and we get like lots of action shots of him putting it on, too. And a big, long description of why he needs it. Okay, so like, I got a question for both of you. I did not notice this, but before the whole lockdown sequence, did either of you notice if Zach had any facial hair? No, no he, I don't think he did. Okay, because it, it seems to me like he would be the type of guy to like grow like a little goatee for oh, aesthetic. He does. Yes, but if you do that, like you can't wear a respirator mm. because then you don't get a seal around your face. Yeah, and this is also a problem. I was wondering later on in the episode during the dark down, dark down, lockdown. <laughs> Zach pulls out the respirator again, and he has a, a beanie on underneath it. Uh oh, and that would probably lock the seal. A beanie? Yeah, like a, a hat. A beanie, like a skiing cap i don't know like oh. i don't know any other name for it it's it's a beanie it's like a little knit cap that you wear on your head everyone out here in the pacific northwest wears them year round yeah yeah but zach was wearing one of those during the entire lockdown along with his respirator which he shouldn't have done right because it breaks the seal yeah such an idiot but yeah just <laughs> i didn't know if either of you had picked up on that no or not, not yet maybe his beard revolves around his asthma well he only has a mustache these days yeah, yeah. So that's part of it. Maybe that's why. Yeah. It's, it's like to so balance can... out the black on his face. Because he's got the glasses, <laughs> the black glasses, I guess, to make his, his lower half less unbalanced. He has to add the mustache. So we're going down these big stairs, right? Right. And at one point, they come to a fork in the road, and Paul asks Zach whether he wants to go left or right, and Zach goes left, and Paul says, everyone goes left here when I take a tour group. Isn't that weird? <laughs> like, and, There's a part of me that thinks that Paul was just pulling his leg for yeah, this. Of course. Yeah. And then And priming him for how to feel in the room to the right. And then, of course, so once they get down there, the whole deal is that supposedly... There was a ghost portal opened here 1,600 years ago by a ritual human sacrifice. That is the story that Paul tells Zach down here. As Dr. Evil would say, raw. And Zach starts talking about how all the energy is just draining from his body because this is obviously true. And then, like, he walks up to a wall at some point and he's like, is this the wall? Is this the wall? Is this where it happened? (laughs) Daniel uh, helps illustrate this by saying it was, well, by confirming Zach's metaphor that it was sort of like finding a rabid tiger down there and then just, like, leaving it or (laughs) something? No, releasing it from its cage. Releasing it, okay. And then, and then, and then. And then they hear this. Well, and then, no, Zach says that. And then what was the guy's name? Dan, the demonologist. Dan, yeah, he says, he says, that's a good way of putting it, yes. And then they hear this. <laughs> <laughs> and then they're like, whoa. Whoa, what was that? I thought it was like rustling paper or like a fart or something. I don't know what it is, man. It, it, it wasn't the it's like, weird. it wasn't the loud screams that they claimed it no, was. Yes. No, at very most it was like a sort of a, a strained groan, like a zombie might make, you know? Yeah. Like yeah. A, or somebody having an orgasm that's or, really awkward. At one point, I thought it sounded like a sneeze. Yeah. One of them definitely sounds like, like that, you know? <laughs> well, and it's just hard for us to, to tell because they're in a, a huge tunnel system, basically. Could be like many things. Mm-hmm. But, you know, there's lots of people that have been personally haunted in these halls. So Zach and the boys decide to bring some of them in to share their stories. Mm-hmm. No, they do like a throwback to Bob Mackey's first. Oh, yes. To a show that demons. We know demons. Yes. Yes. And so there's four guests that come out. I described the first one. I didn't get his name, and I described him as British Buster Bluth. (laughs) 
<laughs> and these four guests are instructed to put an X on the map where they got haunted. And all of them, it turns out, were here taking part in a seance, and that's when it happened to them. So this is like Nick's, the genesis of Nick's idea. We got to have a seance here so that we can replicate that. We've got Steve, Sean, Carl, and Kim. Was there anyone I'm missing? No. No. Okay. I, I missed Sean. But okay. I got Sean's it. forgettable. Yeah. <laughs> Sean saw somebody's face change into a different face. And so Zach makes a joke about a man's face changing into a woman's face. Because he's uncomfortable with femininity. And then uh, Sean was like, dude, no. Yeah. Carl got hit by a, a burst of, of wind, which is later turned into a punch by Zach. <laughs> for some fucking reason, he just latches onto that and turns it into a punch and then refers to it only as a punch for the entire episode. Yep, I right. think because like Carl's uh, rather large bodily, and so Zach is tickled by the idea of a big strong man getting punched by a ghost. Mm-hmm. Well, I thought it was because um, Zach asked Carl, hey, what did this force feel like? And then Carl shoves Zach okay. lightly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, obviously, if you are uh, touching the godlike Zach Bagans, that's a punch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Zach tells us that, I don't know if this was before or after, but he he's going to do this investigation with the whole team of people, and he says that he wants to investigate them, not the place, where it's, it's like, well, why don't you just have them fly over here to America and have a thing with them? Yeah, like, also what's the lazy. point of being just letting them do the, all the work. The way that yeah. he phrased it was use the human body as a vessel. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, so Zach wants all these people possessed. That yes. sounds great. To watch them get yeah. possessed. Get a group of these highly impressionable people who definitely believe in ghosts to do an investigation to see if ghosts exist there. And, and so they all blow it up. They blow up. They do a fist bump with like seven people. Zach instigates it. Yeah. He like is assuming that they'll know what he wants them to do. He has to tell them what to do. It's so funny. <laughs> it's like... You know, one of those, like, I don't know, Power Ranger. Or, I don't know what uh, I, kids shows used I, to do. I it, put but Captain Planet. Sure, yes. Captain Planet, where they like all put their hands in, together. Yeah. And, and nobody was matching up fists. And there was, like, this whole big lead up of, like, it is the UK meets America in terms of Ghost Adventures team up. And there's this whole fanfare about it. At one point, he said, to celebrate our investigation of Fort Horsted. Yeah, like his that. voice cracked on it. Fort Horsted. Yeah. Um, and then was there like a or nothing? Yeah, he he just... tried to do that, but they didn't. Again, they're English and they don't know how to dap and then blow it up because they don't do that. Right. And then he's like, now put me in slow motion. They Aaron left him in saying that for whatever yeah, fucking he says, reason. Now, now walk off and put me in slow motion. So he must do that every time that he wants like a slow motion shot or, you know, something like that. And then they do walk off in slow motion. So, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and that, then that was great. It was so not graceful. And then because I guess they didn't get enough footage, they go to a haunted house in London. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they go to this place. They call it a dungeon, and they say it was in an old orphanage. The whole aesthetic of this place just kind of screamed to me like Ripley's Believe It or Not yeah. sort yeah. of attraction. Yeah, yeah. Like sort of a fun house that you go into on like vacation or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Yeah. Which it seemed actually pretty fun. Like I'd want to go through that. Yeah, I mean, that'd be a great Halloween thing to do. Yeah, but I, th- I think they might have been expecting there to be ghosts. I, I think they did because they had, oh, yeah, because they had another flashback and I'm getting ahead of myself, but like they're showing like all this historic stuff of the UK and somebody pulls out like a plague doctor's mask. Yeah. Of course, oh, yeah. They had this whole montage of Zach wearing the same thing in like some episode they shot, I guess, in Venice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And where he's wearing a plague mask and he says, this is what they would have seen before they burned. Yeah. And it, <laughs> it was it was so ridiculous because it wasn't even the cameraman in the boat while he was riding down the canal. It was someone like off on the shore mm-hmm. filming Zach Williams. He said that. Yeah. It's it's really cool. Like they go through different rooms in this building that are set up to be like a courthouse or. And it's supposed to be during plague times. Yeah. So yeah. like you would like kangaroo courts convicting people to death. Yeah. Right. Like that. And there was this badass girl who was acting, but was She's being very actor. real with Zach. Yeah. Oh, oh man. Can She's we talk about this actor. actress for a second? She's a good job. She like bursts in and then they have. Aaron sit in like an electric chair sort of He was supposed to be getting interrogated I think. Okay. Because she threatened to rip his tongue out with pliers. Yeah. And Aaron really enjoyed it it. way too much. It awoke something in Aaron for sure. Yeah. Uh, It it was something because she told Aaron to like get up and follow her or something and he was just kind of like 
Yes, ma'am. And it's like, you know, you're entitled and to whatever sexual fantasies and practices you want to do. And obviously for Aaron, it's but being not, with a dominatrix. That's not what she's doing. But she's, she's acting and not in a sexual way. And you're making it sexual. At no point did she agree to be a part of a sex fantasy. This is her job. <laughs> yes. Right. Stop. <laughs> and then Zach, of course, has to mention it like uh, Aaron has a crush. Yeah. And then so Zach is the target in the next room. Oh, yeah. Which is where she... She, she makes disparaging comments about his haircut, says that he's about to be judged for his crimes against God, country, and fashion. And then the judge comes out, and they uh, the judge asks him where he's from, and he says, La- Las Vegas, Nevada. <laughs> and the judge says, well, not great for a start. And, <laughs> and then sentences him to death at, or something because he's a spy. Yeah, there was something that the judge said about the way that he dressed that made the judge think that he was a French spy or yes. something along those from, lines. from Las Vegas. From Las Vegas, yeah, yeah. And then they send him, I guess, to be executed. And then we don't see the rest of the scare tour experience. That's that. We yeah. just hear them talking about how they went and saw the executioner block at uh, Tower of London. I'm wondering if Zach was just really upset after that. And I didn't like what they said about me. We're not going to oh, include any it, extras. It was so funny because as soon as they roasted him, like in terms of um, you need to cover <laughs> up that haircut and crimes against God, country, and fashion. Like, he got so serious. He was <laughs> yeah, like, come he, on. Yeah, like he would like stare into the camera like he was on the office and just kind of give like this ridiculous <laughs> uh, expression. Can like, you believe they can would you say believe that? they would say that to me? <laughs> me? My hair? That, anyway. that was amazing. I'm surprised they left that in. They did. Yeah. yeah. One of the most undignified things to ever happen to Zach Bagans on camera. Yeah. Um, well, I'm sure Zach was like, if we can leave in the part where you're crushing on that girl. Then we can leave that part in where I get humiliated. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty much it for the pre-lockdown portion of the episode. Billy appears in this episode extremely briefly for a purpose that I don't understand still. Like, oh. A lot that of, reminds, there's a yeah. part, yeah, they, yeah, they yeah. see a talking head person. And oh, they, it was such a cool effect. They want to compare it to Billy, and so they have Billy come in and say a bunch of jolly, jolly, good, pip, pip, cheerio, English talk, <laughs> you know? They had this, the, the funhouse had this, like, white mannequin head that... Dude, they, was, they had a you fucking... Project. It was like the Haunted Mansion. They yeah. did shit like this at the fucking Mount, Mount St. Helens, Helens I was Center, gonna bring that up. it was up. awful and I hated yeah, it. Yeah, it's terrible. Uh, it's like a white head. It was like hanging or something, like supposed to be beheaded or something. And uh, they project like a, an actual person's face onto it. So it looks like it's talking. But yeah, at Mount St. Helens, if you ever visit the... I don't remember if it's the Johnston Observatory. I think it might be. Or it's the one right before that. But they have this like... It's definitely the Johnston Observatory. They have this little and you know every national park has a little museum in the visitor center they have this like full life diorama thing of a park ranger it's a mannequin in a park ranger costume with like black or brown hair a wig on and a a park ranger hat and she's got one of those white mannequin faces and they have a projector projecting her face onto it and it's absolutely terrifying and she's like talking about the park but it's not okay and they really need to get rid of it (laughs) Same technology. So this is where Zach reveals his plan, which is... Which is, we're going to investigate the people, not yes. the place. And and do another seance, also. So yeah. we're going to do a live seance, which... They're, they're, okay, the, the people are going to do a seance. The Ghost Adventures crew is going to be standing by to videotape any evidence that happens because of the seance. Mm-hmm. So this, they take the stairs down to the demon area, which is what they say out loud on the TV show, and I loved that. Daniel begins the seance. Daniel's our demonologist from before. And immediately stuff goes a little bit ooh spooky because there's like a cold breeze behind Carl. Yeah, mouse. Carl's like visibly freaked out throughout this entire episode. He doesn't calm down very good for the rest of it. Yeah, Um, because he also sees a shadow behind Zach, which prompts Zach to get the full spectrum camera out. We don't see any of the pictures he took. Yeah, also, like during the seance, like it was ridiculous to me because you've got like the the witnesses at this point, like all holding hands with Dan the demonologist trying to conduct this seance. And then Zach is just standing off in the background in pure white in his respirator just like and that's creepy in and of itself oh, standing you know, and like, watching he's wearing black but on the whatever cam it looks it's like okay. negative okay uh, so it's like a it's a got it yeah. but yeah no that was ridiculous to me because like you're sitting there and you're expecting and like if the light changes or something or your um, night vision adjusts and you just all of a sudden Zach Bagans comes into view that's how, scary how freaky is that really scary yeah, I don't yeah. like it they get an EVP that seems to say they're coming and Zach asks for a scream and gets one of those voices from behind somewhere. They get three of those. Yeah. 
And so apparently Zach is also wearing the ghost jacket, you know, the ghost detector jacket that has technology in it. And one of the technologies that's in it is like heat sensor. So every time before they hear a groan, Zach's heat sensor in his jacket goes off. Don't you think that that jacket would be flawed since bodies Bodies degenerate heat, heat, as it turns out. I've got so many questions about this jacket. Like, how are they detecting a change in terms of like one degree Mm. so that like you've got all these lights that light up the arm for each increase in temperature and then also relative to what? Gonna have to talk to Gary Galka about that. Gonna have to ask Gary. Well also like if you're like high energy like emotionally isn't that gonna like warm up your jacket? Yeah. Yeah. Probably. At one point, Zach is asking if they're talking to a soldier, and they hear another disembodied voice that neither confirms nor denies this. The groaning just continues going on for a while. Oh, they have a spy microphone, too. They have one of those parabolic dish microphones, Mm -hmm. and they use it to get another EVP that sounds to them like they're not doing this, which, if that's what they were saying, I would read that as, like, the ghosts being like, they're not doing this, are they? (laughs) At one point... Dan suggests that the reenactment they filmed must have stirred up the ghosts, and that's why they're so active tonight. Which I'm sure Zach was like so on board with. And what's so funny is that this reenactment they're talking about is one that we haven't seen yet, and we only see it as Zach talks about it, so I'm thinking maybe they were going to cut it out of the episode entirely until Dan mentioned it. Well, no, they had like a clip of this reenactment playing, like when they first started talking about the blood sacrifices like very early oh. in the episode, but it was like a blink and you'll miss it sort yeah. of deal. Yeah, they didn't Because of just the way the editing is on this show. Yeah. You know, they start talking about things and then they'll show clips to like a thousand other disconnected <laughs> things. And, and it's like bouncing around the screen like the DVD menu. Yeah. 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 So it was a very much blink and you'll miss it thing. But then they were like, oh no, like it's totally this reenactment. So we're going to actually do like the full treatment here. And it's a lady getting stabbed to death by Anglo-Saxon man. And it's supposed yeah. to just be a, a blood sacrifice or whatever. Yeah. Like whatever LARPers happen to be free that day. <laughs> Obviously causes ghosts. It, it does cause ghosts. LARPing does cause haunting. LARPing do cause ghosts. Because then ghosts will be like, oh, yeah. I remember doing that. I remember this. I did that. That's me. So, okay, unrelated. Then how come the Ghost Adventures crew haven't gone to, like, any of those Civil War reenactments <laughs> constantly have. going on in the South? Oh, they, they, have. Have. they have. They have. And like, they have taken part in them. And at one point, they took part in one. The, like, the, the guys, it was at Gettysburg. The folks set up, like, a special reenactment activity just for the Ghost Adventures crew. Do you remember what color they were wearing? Were they wearing blue or gray? I think they were wearing blue. blue. They were Union. They put themselves on the Union side smart. And after the battle... The staged battle, completely choreographed for the camera, that they participated in. Zach gets up and says, now we know what it was like to be in the Civil War. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so, okay, that goes to explain my Ghost Adventures knowledge, because this is episode two that I think I've seen at this point. Okay, good. Yeah, Yeah, so. I I keep forgetting, you're such an expert at these, that I keep forgetting (laughs) you haven't seen that many of them. Yeah, no, I just listened to a couple episodes of the podcast, and it's like, all right, I get the gist, it's just cryptid show, ghosts, uh, Three, three, um, three people. Let's let's just say people with this. Three people with a video camera with clearly too much spare time. Yes. But no, your Gettysburg um, quote reminds me. They had another really good quote <laughs> earlier on in the episode when they were gathering all the witnesses. Like when they had all of the witnesses gathered outside this fort, and they're like, "Mark on the map where you saw your ghost and where you had your yes. encounter." Zach prefaced this whole sequence by saying, "We need to find out what happened to these people so it can happen to us." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I think this is just who Zach is and yeah. his attitude towards yeah. these things. Yeah. He wants it all. Zach tells you exactly who he is. And, like, it's really, there's no artifice mm-hmm. with Zach. It feels like artifice, but that's his personality, mm-hmm. is that he's just like that. And then if people, like, make fun of him for it, he gets very defensive. Yeah. It's it's very shortly after this that the rest of the people are dismissed because they're boring on TV, except for Carl and Dan, who are very exciting for television. Right. And Well, uh, I think Paul was with him, too. Was he? Wasn't he Paul also... was there for the seance, but I think he left after this point. Okay, so I guess I'm confusing Paul and Dan because there's somebody with uh, Zach and Nick for the whole staircase sequence. That's Dan. That's okay. definitely Dan. I thought that was Paul. No, that is that is definitely Dan because Dan's got the wild hair. Dan's okay. got the big wild mane of hair. And so is uh, Aaron and Dan... No, Aaron and uh, Carl are alone in the place where Carl got haunted last time. Right. And they're doing a spirit box session and uh, at one point they get what just seems like a very friendly greeting as the go- as the ghost comes through the spirit box and says, hey, Carl. I didn't even hear it because the background noise is so much. It sounds almost <laughs> like 
It sounds like a saw or like yeah. a garbage disposal yeah. or something. Garbage disposal is really apt for the spirit box noise. Listener, if you've never heard the spirit box, it really is like a saw and a garbage disposal. It's so bad. And it's, I guess, it feels like they turned it up for this episode. Mm-hmm. Like, it feels louder than normal in this episode. Yeah, and you couldn't hear any sort of EVP that's happening. There's a couple of times where the voice comes through the spirit box and it's so incomprehensible because of the the churning and the volume and all like, of that. Like, isn't the purpose of the spirit box to get rid of the noise? No, the spirit box is a device that just oscillates through as many FM radio frequencies as possible. Um, and the idea there is that the ghosts are already talking in the noise, and if we're able to get enough different white noise samples together, you'll hear a voice in that white noise. Like, the, the white noise will be there, and the voice will be there. But also, there's radio signals. There's just radio signals constantly everywhere all the time, because this is the, this is the technology age. Yeah, and I'm, there's just everywhere. I'm, I'm not buying this explanation for the spirit box. I think no. it's just, let's amplify all the ambient noise as much as possible. There's no <laughs> scanning going on here. <laughs> Zach and Dan are trying to get more noises and trying to explain the noises. Carl's freaked out. Carl's freaking out. Carl's very scared. This episode, I feel like they keep it together a little better than usual because no, at no point is there like a, a moment where everybody's like hooting like a monkey and like pointing and <laughs> slapping and doing all of that stuff that they do, you know, where they're like, oh, oh my God, dude, 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 over here, dude, dude, bro. Yeah, uh, there was none of that language in this one. No, there was a point, well, they are in England, they got to elevate it a little bit. There was a point where Zach literally takes off running to investigate the full <laughs> loop of the stairs to and see then, if there's people. And then he comes back. <sighs> <sighs> there's nobody. There's nobody over there. Because <sighs> he focuses too much on lifting. He doesn't do any aerobics. At one point, the spirit box says, we can play, but it's like in a very, we can play kind of voice. It was really creepy. It's orbs time at one point. Very much not bug dust or any of those things. There are billions of particles of dust. Without informing us that it has happened, Aaron and Dan do, or Aaron and Carl do run the spirit box back to Zach so that he can use it. And they are supposedly get a, a, a lady's voice that says something to them. I don't remember what it was that she was supposed to have said, but I didn't hear anything really. I heard like a, oh, what? Like that kind of, you know? I didn't hear anything for any of these EVPs. No. Okay. I'm glad you got the Cockney in there, Max. Well, Leroy, I turned I Got a little Australian at the end there. The spirit box seems to repeat Zach at one point, which lends a lot of credence to your theory that it's just amplifying things in the environment. The session kind of comes to an end with everybody feeling like a bomb has gone off. So there's like vibration. Yeah, they talk about the entire concrete structure just starts vibrating and then they hear a boom, which they say they captured on camera. But no, again, it just sounded really like didn't. someone farted or there's paper yeah. rustling or something. And then they, Dan and Carl leave. And well, before that, oh. um, Aaron dismisses Carl. It was kind of sweet, I think, how supportive Aaron was of Carl throughout this entire process. Yes. Because Aaron he's kind been of, there. Yeah, because Aaron kind of validates him and he's like, we came, we saw. He kicked his he ass. Kicked some ass. Yeah. He, of course, uh, referring to Carl. Yes. So I thought that was nice. That was nice because Aaron knows what it's like. Yeah. <laughs> so he's he's trying to, he's yeah. sending the elevator back down for Carl. He knows that he's. Yeah. I, I yeah. think to some degree it was because, you know, if you noticed, Zach sent both Aaron and Carl yep. off. So it wasn't just Aaron by himself in this scary haunted place alone yes. this time he had company yeah um after everybody leaves and it's just the ghost adventures crew they show us one last pass in which no actual evidence is found why why they get the fucking thermal <laughs> camera out and zach's like oh check that figure out over there and it's just a, a thing leaning oh, up against the but, wall but before this they were like com- acting like complete like jackasses yes, and yes. like we're invading the fort you better come stop us yeah <laughs> and just doing that for a while and then they get that thermal cam image and it was like what some kind of like a prop or something yeah it was against the wall some piece of god in heaven i have no <laughs> idea what it was it's just like a piece of wood or something leaning up against the wall and then they make a big show out of debunking it yeah and that's it and yeah. then it does the stupid wrap-up thing where it, like they enumerate just how little evidence they actually got and it's like really embarrassing when you look <laughs> at it like that because it's like this whole episode could have been five minutes dude i mean that's why they had the whole haunted house yeah. sequence right yeah. like you gotta fill in the yeah. time <laughs> shit gotta fill in the time Travel Channel wants 42 minutes. We can't 
put in less than that. Anyway, yeah. that's pretty I, much the end. You got anything else here? I mean, I do have just questions. Of course, I have yeah. all the questions, but yeah. like, okay, so the like full uh, spectrum image scanner. Yeah. Like, what do they mean by that? I, all the way from gamma rays down to like IR waves. Like, their knowledge of the electromagnetic spectrum is is that it is a thing. Is so bad. It's electro and magnet. So and you know. I mean, this is something like you could just look up on online. Like, there are so many sources that talk about the electromagnetic spectrum. Yeah, I'm just, I'm always just baffled by the tech that these guys use. It what do just, they think they know about science? They seriously. don't even, they don't even, like, they think they know things that are so wrong and so off the mark in, like, a big variety of ways. Like, the, the, the gaps in their knowledge are so wide and across so many disparate fields that it's hard to put together, like, where could these people have possibly learned this stuff? <laughs> You know, like what, what, where were they not paying attention in school at the right time that they were also taking in something else that was totally <laughs> false? You know, we'll never know. How old is Zach Bacon? He's what? He's like 50? He's got to be younger than that. He's 40? No, he's like 41, I okay. think. Yeah. He's not our cohort. That's the thing. That's the only thing that I want to I want yeah, someone so from Zach Bacon's cohort to explain what public school was like <laughs> and tell me why Zach managed to slip through the cracks so very badly. No child left behind, huh? <laughs> <laughs> so it's time. It's, it's, time, it's time for that time. Oh wait, first, what was your favorite? Part? Oh yeah. Oh shoot, you two go first. I gotta think. It was yours, dear? I really liked when it was airplane time and everybody was like having fun with like, you know. I really liked the the really awkward fist bump. Yeah, group that's fist great. bump. Yeah, that, that was pretty good. I. Man, there were there were some pretty great moments in this episode. Like, can I just say the entire introduction? Yeah. Because the intro yeah. was pretty good. The intro was good. The airplane stuff was pretty good. Yeah. Trying to choreograph a really cool fist bump sequence. <laughs> and then including, all right, now we walk together in slow-mo. Yeah. Like, that was so good. And then all these different callbacks to all these completely irrelevant things. Yeah. Like, Zach wearing a plague mask in Venice. And Bobby and Bob Mackey's. Mackey's. Just, wow. Special, special shout out to our friend and guest star, the Scare Act who works at whatever London haunted house attraction they were at. Yeah. Seriously. pierced through Aaron and Zach's souls to the very core of their beings and wrung it out on live television for and everyone to see. And whoever left that footage in. Yes. The uh, hero. The real hero. Although I really didn't want to see Aaron getting all gross and weird. Yeah, I didn't like that. But I guess it's good, better to know than to hide it. There's sequence have you ever seen community cameron no the tv show there's a there's a character in communities play the dean of the school so it's about a community college okay. right and it's a really wacky community college and the dean is a really wacky dude and in one episode he's shown there's like a so the the dean the dean's a really weird dude he's he he loves big buff men and he's not afraid the, to show the world about it and he specifically likes it when big buff men put on Dalmatian costumes and I, I'm going somewhere I promise um, there's an episode where after we've established this fact there's an episode where we're looking into the past where the dean is opening emails on his computer and he a opens a spam link to a video of a big buff man in a Dalmatian costume and I swear the line in that sequence is this better not awaken anything in me oh that's where the meme comes yes. from yes yes that's where the meme comes from and that uh, we saw that and then there's like yeah, we did. inside jokes of it the series. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So it's time for Tweet Watch. One of our listeners mentioned to us that there's a, a meme out there called Zach Bacon Bites, like Bagel Bites. <laughs> what? Hold on, what? Excuse me? Yeah. Um, what? There you go. Oh my god. And he like really <laughs> enjoyed this. He's, they spelled his name wrong though. They spelled his name with Ooh, a Z-A-C-H. Yeah. Well, also, uh, it's Bagans. Bagans in the morning, not, Bagans in not the evening. Bagan. Bagans at supper time. So his name's <laughs> double spelt wrong. Yeah. When Zach is on a bagel. You can have Bagans anytime. <laughs> oh. Um, wouldn't the ghosts just love it? Yeah. Uh, anyway, so there's that. I heard that another podcast that covers Ghost Adventures likes to call him Bagan Bites. I don't want to step on their feet, but it is a good name for Tweet Watch. What um, is that show? In case our listener oh. wants to check them out. 
I don't remember. Oh, okay. We it's don't another it's another Ghost Adventures uh, watch and review cast. I think it's Bacon Bros or something. Bacon Bros? Okay. I don't know. That's maybe getting it wrong. I mean, if you search Bacon Bros in your... The Ghost Bros? There cannot be a small number of Ghost Adventures podcasts, right? Like, we're in a part of a... We're a, we're one of a large family, surely. Uh, totally. I just... I don't know. that It's probably not the name. Don't but. worry about it. Anyway, some other podcast, hey, out there that, that watches and reviews Ghost Adventures. All right, so let's go to Zach Biggins's Tweet watch. Tweeter. Pretty normal shit so far. Self-promo, self-promo. Self-promo. Rambling story about something that happened to him today. TMZ posted about him? Oh, of course TMZ posted about him. Do you think Zach is the kind of guy who, th- who says shit like no publicity, no such thing as bad publicity? Is he that kind of dipshit? He, he does strike me as that sort of guy. Yeah. God, why he, is his Twitter so boring today? What's up with this? Oh, of course he posted Memorial Day. The, okay. the best advice. No, wait, can you read it? Yeah, okay. The best advice I could give anyone. Don't be an asshole. LMAO, I'm fine people. Why y'all thinking I'm not? Clown emoji, dance emoji, Zach clown emoji. Did you about call the clown emoji a Zach emoji? I sure did, yeah. <laughs> Here's an image of a screaming lady from a horror movie and it. Zach has just appended the caption, my exes, to it. So a red flag, <gasps> big red flag what? there. Big red flag. Oh, I misread that as my eyes. No, it's my exes. Wow. Um, here's a lovely photo of Gracie. Oh. Oh my gosh, she looks so cute. Too bad her father's a ding ding bag. Ever wonder if the spirits who visit us while we sleep cause us to wake up in different moods and mindsets? What is that a picture of? It's a sleep paralysis uh, illustration. Oh, I see. It's really creepy. Oh wow. Oh, oh no. Oh no, why Madison. Would you, why would you do that? So this. This uh, high schooler with 125 followers got retweeted by Zach Bagans because she made her senior quote, uh, one of those I'd rather be around ghosts than people days. By Zach, Zach Bagans. That's from his Twitter. So not only did she pull a quote wow. from his Twitter to be her senior quote, it was a Zach Bagans quote from Twitter. And then he retweeted it. Yes. So dream come true for her, I'm sure. So good for her. I'm glad that her personal hero, Zach Bagans, oh, retweeted her. Uh, also, somebody mentioned, is it just me who is shocked that Zach was wearing a red and black plaid shirt? Hashtag Ghost Adventures. Uh, Zach retweets, adds, my mom got me that shirt. <laughs> Period. Yeah, he's he's what, 40? Yeah, point? exactly. He's for, yeah. Well, he loves his mother, who works for him. He employs his mother. Did you know this? I feel like it was probably mentioned at some point in time, but... He writes, it, he pays for his mom, he... His mom is on his payroll. That's so weird to me. I, I really think that's strange. Cassie's found something. There's something that we need to okay. tell everyone about. So we got a, a letter from our listener, Kenzie. Hi, Kenzie. And she mentioned that she's been to Bloody Mary's. It costs $90 each to go in a van, drive around the city to different cemeteries by medium. Got to go to the Voodoo Temple. Not much happened. And it just looks like a hoarder's house. <laughs> So Bloody Mary's place is expensive and boring. Yeah. Is what it sounds like. And then just like we heard from Katie, Mackenzie is telling us that Mackenzie is a ghost hunter herself. And she, she says that she hasn't met any ghost hunter who actually likes the boys. Of course not. Of course not. Ew. And whenever they go on a tour, um, whenever she goes on a tour and Zach Bagans is mentioned, all you hear is middle-aged white women say, ooh, ah, yum. <laughs> You were asking what cohort Zach was in. There I think it is. That's your we one. We found it. Um, he, he, c- cougars, middle-aged white cougars. Who boy. Also, Mackenzie says that she has a lot of equipment for ghost hunting, including the spirit box. And she says that, uh, quote, just wanted to say I hate using it because all you hear is radio. They have to edit a ton to not show all the interference on the show. So, like... It's true. Yeah, it's, it's true. just the radio coming through. Yeah, I just thought that was really interesting. So thanks for messaging thanks, us. Shout out to Raheem who messaged us on Twitter. We hope all goes well, and we're really glad that we can be there for you. Oh, well, anything else before we wrap up for the day, then? Uh, the bean has been present. She's laying she's in sleeping. her cat tree. She's recovering right now from an ear infection, so she's been very sleepy lately. But she, she did, sleeps it off. She did come out from under the couch to be around us while we were recording. She likes to listen. She does. She likes to be part of the show. Hi, honey. 
Yeah, one more day of medicine and then her ears should be okay. Hopefully. Hopefully. They look a lot better. They do look a lot better. Thanks to our good friend Leandra. Thanks, Thanks for, for the, the hand. hand. Thanks, Cameron, for coming Thanks, back Cameron. again. Oh, yeah. Always always fun. I'm uh, awkward. You know uh, this. Sure, sure, sure. sure. Oh, okay. Um, let's, do a, let's do a group fist bump. One, two, three. But really awkward. Uh, okay. All right. Uh, one time when I was working at Safeway, uh, the regional manager stopped by for a visit, which always makes everybody at, at these chain stores lose their fucking minds and get super crazy nervous. And the dude came to the deli where I was working and he, this was so awful. I forget what caused it, but he went to shake my hand, <laughs> but then he turned it into a fist bump. So I turned it into a fist bump. He turned it back into a handshake. And what ended up happening was he just put, I had my fist out and he put his hand over my fist, grabbed it and shook it up and down <laughs> like that. And then like walked away. And that was it. Anyway, that's something that happened to me once. I feel like I've done that at least once before. And if you've done it, then you know now, too, that we're you're not alone. There are dozens of us. Thanks again. I'm so happy that you listened to our show. And thank I think you, it's, everybody. I think it's really great that you stick with us. Um, and thank you for sticking with us, even though we're we're down to an every other episode twice a month mm-hmm. or every other week schedule. I think it's going to make us. I mean, it made me feel more fresh, you know, feels mm-hmm. fresh. Yeah. Watching yeah, ghost adventures sure. like this. Yeah. And thanks to all all of you who have written us reviews. We really, really appreciate it. It means yes. a lot and it really does help us. Um, and also thank you to our patrons. Um, remember, if you're interested in supporting the show. You can um, do so for as little as a dollar a month. Literally a yeah. dollar a month. Um, and, and $3 gets you a PDF of bingo cards. Yes. Eight, eight bingo cards. So you can play it with as, uh, up to out, eight people. Play with your friends. Have a, have a fun Ghost Adventures bingo night mm-hmm. the way the way it's intended the mm-hmm. way Travel Channel wants you to I'm sure yeah also just quick hello to our friend before we go this is the last thing I promise first of all national parks and state parks support, support and visit support and visit thanks to our good friends at the Scavengers Network and check them out for other amazing TV sh- for other <laughs> podcasts not yeah. TV shows <laughs> very different they're actually uh, making for us some merch that's going to come out yeah and I'm super excited we're, about that we're super crazy excited to tell mm-hmm. you about it when it when it becomes real we've kind of brainstormed about like the ideas we have and 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 they've got some really talented artists yeah it's, it's really us. incredible yeah it's super cool so excited so, yeah. about that check that out go to scavengersnetwork.com there's all kinds of great shows and uh thanks once again for listening as always my sorry also i'd like to do a shout out to our friends at real life ghost stories they're situated in the uk and it's basically if you like spooky ghost stories and paranormal stories but you don't take it as seriously as the Ghost Adventures crew does you'd really enjoy it's it there are some really spooky um, episodes and, and you know it's just fun listening to them and like their opinions if they they think the stories are real or not yeah, yeah. check them out until next time as always my name is Max I'm Cassie and I'm Cameron and you just heard a, a Class, Class A EVP, EVP. cool nice The Scavengers Network. Creator-driven. Community-focused. Treasured content. Hello, I am Colin Parker. And I'm Alex Taylor. And we are the hosts of Journey Under 30. This is a podcast all about us doing what we can to be named in a future Forbes 30 Under 30. On each episode, we take a look at a career of an individual that has been recognized by Forbes. Sometimes we look at careers that we think were overlooked. Or sometimes we talk about the careers that you may not know about, but you should. And in the end, we discuss what we've learned as well as how we can apply to our own career paths as we make our mark in this world. So join us every other Tuesday on whatever podcatching app you choose, and we'll see you on the Forbes. See ya. Bye-bye now.